Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with the record North Shore founding member Joe Coglin. As we get you all caught up on everything that is happening here in fall sports, we are, um, as we're recording this, we're a day away from a fall officially starting, but um, fall is in the air. Things are getting a little bit more crisp and chilly, so that means uh, we are getting uh, deeper into the fall season with some playoff golf and um, football uh, being midway through the season at this point. So we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about in this week's episode. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the Varsity Podcast anywhere the podcasts are available. Make sure you give us a nice little review as well. We always appreciate us. And as always, if you got anything nice to say or want to spread the word, um, make sure to do so. We really appreciate it. We're going to do a four-quarter format for this week's episode of the podcast. First quarter recap, week four of football action. Kind of crazy to think that we're already done with four weeks of football. Um, In second quarter, we are going to be joined by Loyola Academy wide receiver Declan Ford. In the third quarter, we are going to play Way or No Way, our weekly guessing game. And then in the fourth quarter, we preview week five of football. Some interesting matchups to look forward to there. So um, good stuff to look forward to. But why don't we uh, jump in and get things started here in the first quarter. And uh, why don't we start things off with a win for Nutrier, uh, the Trevian's first win of the season taking down friend um, in commanding fashion, 35-7. to um, Nutria able to get three rushing TDs, four takeaways on senior night as the Trevians and friend played on a Thursday night last week. Um, Joe, this kind of felt like a game where um, you wanted to take out your frustrations, you know, for what happened over the first three weeks of the season of how things really weren't going well for the Trevians and um, just they really wanted to, you know, show that they can do things. Um, and that felt like that's kind of what happened in this non-conference finale here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they, they came out hot. They came out firing. That was one of their goals was to start fast. And I think they did that. I think they, uh, they scored two times, uh, well, three times early, really, but twice in the first quarter, I believe, um, sustained drives. They actually ran the football. You saw a quarterback, Patrick Hennigan, run more. Um, and then you saw a new guy in the backfield, Charlie Blankstein, um, who's a senior and he's a DB, but he's the fastest kid on the team. Um, they had a sprint off before the season to prove that. And uh, he got some touches and, and he looked, uh, you know, obviously green and not technically there yet, but the speed is real. Um, and he showed it. He scored a touchdown. Um, Hedigan scored a rushing touchdown. They pulled out some trickeration with a, with a punt. Uh, fake punt that Miles Kremiscoli. So he added another touchdown to his resume. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they came out and, you know, what really impressed me was um, the takeaways, the four takeaways. Now the friend quarterback was throwing the ball all over the place. Uh, they were really trying to do some things there or look at some things. And, um, but Nutrier was, was right there to pick it off four times. To be honest, they could have had more. Um, I think they dropped an easy one. I can remember right in the guy's hand could have been another pick six. Um, so, um, maybe, maybe a turning point for that defense, a little confidence for them. Well, what can we really take from the game like this? You know, obviously friend off to an 0-4 start, um, after this loss to New Trier, but, um, what do you take from a game like this where obviously, you know, the opponent maybe is not that as great as you would like to see based on previous games that New Trier has played in, but 
What do you take from a game like this and how do you apply it as uh, the champions, you know, get started here in conference play? Well, what you didn't want to happen was you didn't want to play if, if Nutrier truly is, you know, uh, a superior team, like I think they proved, you don't want to play down to your opponent. You don't want it to be a back and forth affair. You're making mistakes here and there and it's, you know, uh, eke one out and yay a victory, but you didn't really play to your potential. You played down to your opponent. You didn't want that. So uh, we put this team away. Nutria put this team away pretty early, um, and then their defense kind of picked it up. So I think it's what you wanted to see. So you can take some confidence away from that. Uh, you can take some things out of your out of your uh, defense specifically. Um, I thought they tackled generally well. Um, they did give up um, some plays here or there, but um, especially the, like I said, they were really throwing the ball. So they completed some passes that I think Nutria probably regrets, but they, like I said, four turnovers is no big deal. I think that's something they can carry with them. And I think you need that a game like that for a young team of juniors, some of whom don't know their positions yet. We're moving guys around. Um, Jackson McCary returned, um, who was their going to be their, their uh, starting tailback. Um, and cornerback, but he just played on the defensive side of the ball um, uh, in his game back. He got an interception. Um, so let's see if they work him in a little bit on offense, a little more going forward and whatnot. Uh, but we definitely saw some more pieces, some more growth from Hennigan at their quarterback. Um, and I think they're going to need it now if they get into conference play. We'll talk more about, you know, starting conference play and where Nutrier kind of ranks, um, you know, in the conference as we get ready for um, the start in the fourth quarter. But what do you what do you feel like you kind of see here? What are some pieces that you kind of see that can lead, maybe not entire, maybe not to a playoff run this season, but maybe to success down the road, especially maybe next year as um, you know these guys kind of get more reps. Just what are some maybe early things that you kind of saw from this new cheer team um, that kind of has you encouraged? Like, all right, maybe after a year of development and summer workouts and weightlifting and that kind of stuff, things can really turn around as uh, we look forward to next year. Well, they, you know, if we're, if we're looking that forward ahead, I mean, we're just talking about they've got a uh, a bona fide star in Miles Kremenskoli. I mean, the guy's the guy's a beast. He's he's shown it all over the field. Now they're playing him on defense. He got an interception as one of the four interceptions, um, and he's just a star offensive player as well. You want the ball in his hands. You know, he's going to play. Um, you know, depending on his physical development, tight end or receiver on the next level. So you have him here. You have him as a junior. Now you got to work on getting him the ball and you've got the quarterback in place. That's going to grow with him at least for one more year after this and Patrick Hennigan, that's a big plus for them. Um, and if Jackson McCary gets healthy, you got the running back too. So there's three offensive pieces right there um, to work with moving forward. Um, so I think they're happy with that. And their defensive line has a sophomore and a junior who are both really good. I think their tackling looked better. Um, I think they still need room to grow there. Their, their linebacks are still kind of small um, and they've got some injuries, but the tackling looked better with the addition of Jaden Salazar on the defensive line. Um, he's a sophomore. And then you got Ty Stringer on the defensive line, who's an all conference junior. So I think those two pieces right there are things you can really build with, you know, stopping the run and having weapons on offense. All right. We'll get back to Nutrient in the fourth quarter when we preview their conference opener against Evanston. But let's move on and talk about Highland Park, who um, kind of did what we expected them to do against a really tough Hersey team. Um, they fell uh, 56 to 17. Hersey, one of the top probably 15 teams in the state, 
um, Giants are, were just were not able to hold up against uh, um, and really compete against a really tough Huskies team, Joe. Yeah, just a, one, like you said, one of the best out there, um, really, really doing some damage this year to a lot of opponents here in the non-conference slate. Um, I think they shut out two of them and allowed one touchdown. So I think if I'm not wrong, the Giants scored the most points against Hersey so far with 17. And now, of course, they lost by 35 or, or whatever it was. But they put up 17 points. Now, seven points of that was from their defense. They got a pick six, 90 yards by Tyler Glazer, uh, their second pick six in two weeks. Um, so I think – I don't know what you can say. Hersey's a lot bigger. Um, they're they're just kind of outclassing it in size and right now where they are as a program. So, But Highland Park put up some points. They got some stops. I talked to Nick Bloomer, uh, Blummer. He was our athlete of the week this week. You know, he told me the coaches were proud of him and the effort they put on there. They showed in spurts they could hang with a much bigger program. And I think it's something they're certainly going to take that toughness that they gained um, in that game, something they're going to take into a wide open, as we talked about before the before the pod, um, CSL North Conference. Um, they've got as much a chance as anybody in that conference to win it. So um, let's see if they can do it. And this is only, I think, going to give them some toughness and some and some uh, confidence going into it. All right, new, uh, Highland Park at two and two um, so far. Um, I feel like this is kind of what you would hope from for a team like this. I mean, um, being able to pick up wins against and Hubbard and then um, dropping tough matches against good teams against Buffalo Grove and Hersey. Um, so, I mean, for a team that we'll talk more about their conference late uh, in the fourth quarter, but kind of looking at the non-conference portion of the season, um, the Giants did kind of what we expected them to do and kind of what they needed to do if they wanted to, you know, get back into the playoffs. And with two wins and uh, five more games to go, um, I feel like that kind of puts them in a good spot given what the schedule was. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, and I think they, uh, they're excited about what's in front of them. I can tell you that, uh, I think they, they see what we see and, uh, without getting overconfident, they are confident in their abilities on both ends of the football. Um, they got talented guys and I think they, uh, they're hungry. So, um, it's going to be exciting, um, to watch them in these next five games. All right. We'll preview that conference late, but let's finish things off here in the first quarter by uh, talking about Loyola's big 57 to 21 win over brother rice on saturday joe and i were at that game and um i don't know i feel like we talked about this kind of follow the same um roadmap here for what we've talked about for most of the season so far the offense dynamic uh jake sterney catching up um with luke uh, declan ford for uh three touchdowns um loyola moving the ball on the ground um taking advantage of opportunities and um, you know, we're just continuing to see a full product over here and a complete product against, uh, um, you know, a, a more of a team that's kind of like them with the CCL uh, team, like you kind of mentioned, Joe, before we started this game, uh, you hadn't seen, you know, a big team like a CCL team like Brother Rice yet so far this season. And um, Loyola was still able to, you know, match up against, uh, um, you know, one of its CCL blue opponents. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that on the sidelines and just how you can just kind of tell the class of football that we're playing here is maybe a step above we've been, I've been seeing on other fields. It's just, it's good. And among the good Loyola's separating itself as well as Mount Carmel as the best. So um, it was fun to see. It was fun to watch. Um, and Loyola took it to him early. Um, 
fun to see. You know, we've seen Declan Ford. He's had a nice season. It's not like uh, he's been invisible so far. Uh, but I think one of the parents on the sideline told me that uh, um, the previous week he didn't have many targets, maybe only one or two. So uh, Sterney was making up for it, finding uh, his good friend a bunch of times throughout the afternoon, including for three scores. Um, so those those guys on the outside um, are really good, and they had a day. Um, Spencer led better on the other side too, but uh, it was Declan Ford's uh, big day this time, and they've kind of moved it around. Also, their running game was really strong again. You saw a lot of things from Will Nemeshine. I think that offensive line, it's kind of like, like watching like a uh, – a Derrick Henry game a little bit where, or like a good NFL where early, maybe it's just small chunks here or there, but as the game wears on, I, I think this, this line wears teams down. It's big, it's strong, it's talented. Uh, it wears teams down and they're able to find bigger holes. And um, you got the speed guys from Nima shine and McPherson to run through it. So we had a couple uh, second half rushing scores there. So uh yeah, I don't know. We've talked about Loyola a lot. They're very good. Talking with Coach Halasik after the game, one of the, one of the concerns and something that I kind of noticed during the game is Loyola gave up 21 points um, for his largest amount uh, this uh, year. Um, one was on a flea flicker play, kind of a trick play, but um, two on, you know, yardages. I think it was 19 and 21, if I remember correctly. But um, Coach Halasik was not happy with the miscommunication that was happening and the lapses that was kind of happening. And um, you can check this out in my uh, notebook for this week. But Halasik talked about how, um, you know, he expected these kind of hiccups and for the offense to kind of carry the defense in week one and two, not in week four. So um, obviously for he was happy to have the team win by um, a large amount over there. But the defense is kind of interesting where like it's able to create big plays, but it did still give up three scores that I think maybe you wouldn't really want them to give up, especially um, the, the game plan by Brother Rice was good on those plays, but still just big chunk plays like that to lead to scores. Um, kind of a concern for uh, the Ramblers defense if we are to, trying to find something to uh, kind of critique and say maybe this needs to be worked on. Well, we got to find something because we can't just keep uh, praising them. So, and I think that's definitely a good point. Um, you, you might be able to just kind of cast off that trick play as uh, they just fooled them. Good, you know, good scheme, and they got them. But the other two, you know, that that's that's those are football, everyday football uh, plays and and uh, schemes, and they get they beat them for chunk plays, and they move down the field on them. Um, and uh, I think that's worth that's something to look at uh, I was going to say worrisome but it's not overly worrisome but it is something that you want to plug before you get into uh, some other games here and you get into a situation where um, you need to make a stop um, and you have holes that people can exploit so I know they want to figure that out at this point um, we're foreign we're sitting here 4-0 um, we're staring at some other wins on the schedule here and we're just looking for ways to be ready for the postseason I think Loyola is thinking about and uh, to be the strongest they can be at that point. And that, that is something that they need to uh, tweak, fine-tune, um, to be the best they can be. All right, let's uh, move on over now to the second quarter and hear from um, one of the big uh, receivers for uh, Loyola over the weekend in their win over um, Brother Rice on Saturday. I caught up with Declan um, after the win on Saturday, and he talks about just what, 
um, you know, what it means to, you know, have such a strong relationship with Jake Sterney as quarterback and being able to capitalize, but also the approach they have moving forward um, after starting the season 4-0. You guys offensively, I know just what did you kind of see today uh, that kind of helped, you know, kind of get some open uh, looks in the secondary there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've watched so much film on these guys on their DBs. You know, they have a new defensive coordinator, so it was like some, some weird stuff, some weird cover too. Didn't see it too much today, but, you know, looked a lot about the DBs' tendencies, and uh, Jake was pretty confident, and um, so he checked out of a play, you know, got me a deep post on that. He saw something special. He made it happen. Got to thank him for the post and the hitch and go. That's all on him. Those big plays, I mean, your scores came on like, you know, 30-plus plays and that kind of stuff. Just how confident are you guys in your ability to, you know, get the 10-yard passes and that kind of stuff, but also be able to do, you know, the big plays and kind of hit the home run? We're super confident. I mean, I've been catching for this kid since I was, you know, 8, 10 years old. So, you know, we have amazing chemistry. He's confident in me. He knows where I'll be. He knows I'll do the right thing. So it's always great to have a good bond with the QB. How important is that just, you know, that familiarity what you guys have been able able to build since like eight years old just knowing where he wants the ball where you want the ball and all that kind of stuff i mean how, how, how crucial is that it's huge especially like in big games down the road here it's huge like he has to trust you like on those big plays those plays where you may seem like pretty covered but like he finds a slot and he trusts that you're going to get it so like, if he can't trust you you're not going to get as many balls how, how have you kind of watched him, you know, progress? I mean, obviously he got thrown in last year was a starter, and how have you kind of seen him progress just having seen him his entire life from last year to this year? His confidence has gone way up, way up. You know, last year I saw a lot of nerves that he had, you know, you know maybe um, a few, like, mistakes. But this year, man, he's coming in confident. He's ready to play. He's excited. So it's huge. I see a huge difference in his athletic ability, too. And as, uh, he's the smartest kid on the field. Is it just pretty much for you guys, a team, just keep rolling at this point? I mean, just what you guys have been able to do so far? Yeah, for sure. I'm going to go watch this game, you know, correct some things, and we'll be back next week. Thanks so much, Declan, for joining us. And thank you, as always, to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight. All right, let's jump on over now to the third quarter where we play our weekly game of Way or No Way. I throw out five propositions, and Joe and I argue or mostly agree upon whether that can happen way or no way it won't happen. Um, let's start things off with boys golf, where uh, Loyola boys golf had a huge uh, performance in their conference tournament, winning this uh, CCL tournament with a really impressive score. Joe, way or no way that after what we saw with this team um, winning the way they did against their conference opponents, Way or no way that this team can win a state title? Ooh, all the way you're giving me that, huh? Um, man, I just uh, – I get so, uh, I guess, nervous about making any proclamations about golf tournaments, um, especially when you, you put the best among the best. It's I mean, it's a crapshoot, but I give them a shot with this, you know, shooting 17 under um, for a day, for a round. Um, I mean, that'll get you – that'll get you a spot in the finals on day two. And then, you know, you do something similar that'll win you the tournament. So um, I think, you know, we've seen tournament scores in the minus twenties, maybe even the minus thirties um, for the winner. Um, and that's right where Loyola was. Um, so of course it's at a state course and bigger competition and better competition, but uh, I think it just proves that they belong there, you know, they can get there and gives them confidence for that round. So I will say there's a shot there way. 
Yeah, I think with just the way, I mean, this is all notwithstanding you, it's not snowing or it's not, you know, going to be raining as it's kind of been happening recently at state golf tournaments. But um, yeah, I think that definitely this team has a chance to win a state title and can win a state title just with the performances it has. I know golf, like you mentioned, is really performative on one day and what you really to do given the circumstances. But based on what they've been able to do so far, I don't see a reason why um, this team can't win state. Um, it's been a conference uh, championship or tournament week uh, this week for both boys and girls golf. Um, as of recording this, uh, the CSL uh, girls uh, tournament hasn't taken place. So way or no way, Joe, that the new Trier girls golf team won't win the CSL title. Well, you know, as you say that, the latest Twitter post I see is that uh, new Trier's um, Amy Beanblossom Sr. won the meet with a 69. So I'm going to say way they're going to win it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's looking good right now. She shot under par. She's their star, um, and we'll see how it goes. But I do think they've got the goods to uh, make it happen. Yeah, even without knowing what the score was or what she was going to do, I think I was definitely going to go with no way that, that, that Nutri is going to win that title. Um, I think they've been very competitive over the past few years, just dominating that uh, conference and division. So I think uh, definitely no way um, Nutri loses uh, a CSL tournament title. Um, Joe, way or no way that new Trier boys soccer are now the clear favorites to win the CSL South after taking down Evanston. Yeah, I think way. Um, I think they're in a great spot. I think they've got a leg, <laughs> a leg up, pun intended. Um, they're a very good team, and I think they're only going to get stronger as the season goes on because they have some young players uh, intermixed with their star experience. And uh, I think that's only going to bode well from that as the season evolves. I'll say wait. Yeah, I think this team is you know, really strong and really showing you that they're able to um, compete with a lot of the best. They have GBS, which currently has a 5-6-3 and three record. Um, you have GBN on the schedule as well. Um, GBN is – I thought I could do this more smoothly, but my computer decided that it would not let me do this. <laughs> Um, but GBN always is able to uh, compete at the level it did. Nutriori took down Maine South, and GBN is competing at 8-4-1, 1-2 in the conference already. So, yeah, I think that Nutriori has this pretty much um, in the bag. Just with taking down Evanston the way that they did with a couple of goals, um, I think that Nutriori uh, will be uh, the heavy favorites now win the CSL South. So I'll definitely go with Way over there. All right, way or no way, Joe, that you're concerned after the Lila girls volleyball team had a three-game uh, losing streak. Um, they're able to regroup with a couple of match wins, but way or no way they are concerned what that streak means about this team. I mean, it means they were in the one of the best invites in the state, right? Um, I think they occurred at the Wheaton invite, and that's a good one. Um, it has Lincoln Way East. I, I actually don't know who they lost to, so but it has a lot of the top teams um, in the state there. Um, so, um, not overly concerned. I don't know if this, um, team is a state favorite at the moment. No, they're not a state favorite at the moment, but, um, could they get into the contention for a, for a state qualifier? I think so. So not worried. Um, yeah, I mean, losing to Mateo Valley, I see Catholic prep and OPRF at the tournament, um, is not great, but I think it, I don't know. It's one of those arguments where it's like, well, shouldn't you win those games? Or like, do you want to, you don't want to lose the game, but 
is it good to go through those moments where you kind of prepare for the playoffs, all that kind of stuff that we talked about. And I think that um, it's, it's interesting to see just based on how they respond and they responded with the two, nothing win against down downers Grove North and uh, win over De La Salle. They have uh, Naz uh, tonight on Wednesday, but then they face off against mother Macaulay Lake Zurich Montini Lake forest to finish uh, things off at before Providence Catholic and resurrection. So I think um, I'm, I'm on the fence about whether I'm concerned. I'll go with no way. I'm not concerned, but like, I'm kind of there a little bit. I think the mother Macaulay match will tell us a lot about this Ramblers team, about how far they can go and how well they can compete. So um, I'm going to go with no way, but like very hesitant, no way um, about being concerned about Loyola girls volleyball. Yeah, right, no, way or no way here, Joe, a uh, way or no way that Loyola boys soccer is having a down year. When compared to last year, yes, because last year I think they had um, they were you know they were pretty elite, um, definitely in the area and even in the state. Um, even though it is a tough area, so it's tough to get out of, which which they showed. But I think Loyal is very good. Uh, what was was really top tier last year, and they just graduated some guys, and you take a step back and you uh, and you're trying to rebuild a little bit. I think that's what's happening. So uh, I do. If you want to call it a down year, sure, yeah. I think I'd go with way. I mean, they, they were able to win against St. or tie against St. Charles North in the tournament. They lost to Streamwood and they lost to York and beat uh, Crystal Lake Central. So um, it's kind of interesting. I don't, I, I think it's kind of a down year, like you said, compared to what we've known them before. But um, I also think that, um, you know, they faced some good competition. Maybe this gets them ready for the playoffs. So um yeah way i think it's definitely a down year from what we've seen in the past but um i think it'll be really interesting to see how they kind of regroup here in the final stretch and get ready for uh, the postseason all right that's everything that we've got for way or no way this week let's move on over to the fourth quarter where we preview week five of of high school football not college football um we've got some um good action here with uh um, conference play starting for both Highland Park and Nutrier and Loyola continuing to play in the CCL ESCC. Um, let's start things off here, Joe, with Highland Park. They take on Niles North um, to kind of get things started here in conference play. And let's just talk about this conference where Highland Park is uh, currently, you know, at, at the top of the division. Um, with two losses and every other team has three losses. So it kind of seems like it's a down year for the CSL North, Joe. And um, how much do we kind of think that this team can take advantage of a down year and, you know, use that to kind of get back into the playoffs? Uh, I think they can certainly take advantage of it. Um, I think that, uh, you know, when we talked preseason about games that they, you know, should have circled because they could or should win, Niles Norris was up there, excuse me, and so was, um, you know, Vernon Hills. Um, so, and uh, conference games that are, aren't, you know, gimmies, um, you know, but they lost last year and they need to turn around if they want to get into the postseason. So um, they're coming up now. And I think they should look at that. You know, Niles North um, has had a, a rough go. Even Deerfield, the conference champ, is sitting there at uh, one and three. Now, Deerfield's played a rougher schedule than most of the other CSL North teams. But, um, you know, that makes it available or at least an accessible um, path to victory. I think it might be an uphill climb, but it's going to be a good one. So 
um, I think that just, you know, the Niles North um, is something that they, they need to focus on this one right, right now. They get that third win and they're going to be sitting in a very good spot. So, um, cause they both, they have both mains coming up as well. Uh, main East and main West. So um, focus right now on the Niles North, get that victory, put it in your pocket and then kind of go, you know, move on from there. But I think this week is extremely important. All right. Since we're, I think technically, I guess <laughs> the midpoint of the season now, since technically there's no midpoint with the nine week schedule, uh, you know, a clean midpoint at least, but um, based on what we saw in the non-conference schedule, Joe, I'm going to make you, um, redo what your kind of prediction was. Now that they're two and two, they got five conference matches, Niles North, Deerfield, Maine East, Vernon Hills, and Maine West. How do you see things going for the Giants, and uh, do they make the playoffs? Uh, I do. I think they do. Um, I, I do think this Niles North, game even though they're one and three they were one and three last year before um beating highland park so it's not a gimme by any means but this is a better more experienced um highland park team a lot of those guys as we talked about throughout the season a lot of the stars on their team now were, were starters last year as sophomores so this is their second year of varsity football they're getting in there they're figuring it out and they're performing and i think that it's a good team um you know in 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 their evolution, they're on the way up. And this is a big step for them if they can take out Niles North. So I think they're they're pumped. I think they win um, a couple games in the slate and they get it their fifth win um, to move into the playoffs. Yeah, I think with the, what, what the conference is able to do, I think uh, they should be Niles North. They should be Maine East, you would think. I don't know about that Deerfield matchup yet. That obviously has a lot of cross-down uh, vibes to it and that kind of stuff. And um, Maine West um, is usually tough as well but um, based on what we've seen from all these teams this year and what we've seen from Highland Park yeah I think they get that um, five wins I think that I don't know I think it's not a hard thing for me to say that Highland Park might win this division and that because essentially if you win this division you're the only team that's going to make it out into the playoffs at this point so um, I think that Highland Park winning the division probably happens and um, they uh, end up making returning to the playoffs based on the schedule and just what the conference is able to do this year and what Highland Park is able to do uh, this year. And let's jump on over now to the CSL South where we've got a uh, new chair taking on Evanston for their our division openers, both teams in at one and three. Um, Joe, I'm going to make you play this game as well with new Trier. Um, do you foresee a, a, a division win just based on what you saw last week and um, where can they kind of, you know, make progress and kind of make headway um, as we continue to, you know, kind of take this by week by week and see um, or continue to look for continued growth? We are seeing growth. Um, I think week by week we can take away certain things from the career um, that they're, that they're moving forward. Um, now, they didn't start out from a very high point in terms of uh, just quality as, as a team um, and with their tough schedule, they took those losses. So, um, but we're moving forward. This is going to be huge. I, I, I'm actually really, I don't want to say at a loss, but I'm really interested to see what's going to happen Friday night. It's homecoming in Nutrier. It's the rivalry. They played each other 700 million times or whatever they say before every game. Um, it's literally over a hundred matchups between these teams. 
So it's, uh, it's heated. It's fun. It's, uh, it's going to be a great, great Friday night in uh, Northfield. Um, I just think, you know, their defense needs to make stops. They just, uh, you know, I think their offense has proven at times it can make the big plays. Um, the running game got on track a little bit, but the defense just needs to make stops and can't give up big plays. If it does that, then I think we're going to have a barn burn. What do you foresee them happening in the CSL? Just taking on Evanston, GBN, Glenbrook South is a really good win um, over Palatine, Niles West, and then Maine South, obviously, to finish the year. Do you foresee them getting a win or do you maybe getting a couple, maybe Niles West and Evanston, maybe um, a squeaking in against GBN? Just what do you kind of foresee happening here in the conference slate? Yeah, I think they get a couple. I think they sneak one. Um, other, I think they can win again. They can beat Niles West, and I think they sneak another one between GBN or Evanston. Um, I think GBS and Maine South are probably out of their league this year, um, and we'll see that. But, you know, Maine South's at the end. Um, I wish GBS was at the end, too, so we could kind of see a full evolution of this team and see how they stacked up against some of the best. I think GBS has proven they're in that conversation with what they've done this year. Uh, winning back-to-back on two-point conversions, by the way. Uh, love that. Gutsy Titans, love it. Um, so uh, I think they might sneak two wins out of this conference slate, but it's not going to be easy. All right, let's move on over now to um, Loyola and the CCL ESCC. Um, we've talked about this Ramblers team, and after watching both Mount Carmel and Loyola on back-to-back days, um, I think it's now that I'm breaking any news here at this point, but these teams are just ahead of the class when it compares to everybody else. And I know I've been saying it already in past episodes, but that week nine matchup between Loyola and Mount Carmel is going to be legendary. I mean, just what both team does defensively and what both, I think the offenses are kind of what impressed me so much between Loyola and Mount Carmel, where both teams have great quarterbacks, have really strong offensive lines, have great rushing attacks and have a really good wide receiver pool where they're really able to create plays. And um, I'm not to start previewing week nine matchups here in week five and all that kind of stuff, but I think that'll be really fun. And so um, when you're talking about where Loyola ranks in the CCL ESCC, especially in the CCL blue, I think it's Mount Carmel and uh, Loyola compared to everybody else at this point, Joe. And um, it's pretty much just staying healthy each week maybe getting some more reps, maybe playing the full game. We don't know. The Ramblers have still not – the starters have still not played a complete game um, this season, which I think is kind of interesting. But um, at this point, it's just continue to do what you do and get ready for week nine in the postseason, it seems like. Yeah, and I'm sure they have goals going in every week um, with what they want to do. I mean, they're going to play a Fenwick component here that um, – I think just looking at the results and looking, you know, the proof is in the pudding here. This is a Loyola team who's going to probably take it to Fenwick, especially because Fenwick almost got them last year, almost clipped them last year. Fenwick, obviously, a, a, a superb season last year, um, and they almost got Loyola. So um, I think Loyola might have a bit to prove, not that uh, they're, they're into that too much. Um, so I don't expect this one to be close, but you're right, you know, it's all about – I think you can toss that Mount Carmel game in with the postseason. It's like it's all preparing for the postseason. That will be a postseason game. That's for the conference. It, it's the same as a postseason game. You got to – you know, um, it, although it's not win or go home, it's win or lose the conference, assuming everything plays out and we avoid injuries here, uh, hopefully. 
So um, shore up those little things that you're working on, uh, achieve those goals week to week, and just stay sharp. Just stay sharp. All right, let's get your week five predictions here, Joe. Uh, Niles North taking on um, Highland Park on Friday at Skokie. What do you foresee happening there? Oh, I like my Giants, man. I do, but I think this is going to be um, a better game than it appears on paper. I think Niles North has had a pretty difficult road um, as well, um, and I think uh, we're in for we're in for a good football game. I think let's let's have the Giants squeaking one out here by a score of. Um, yeah, let's say 24-21, and their defense makes a big play, and so do special teams. I think Highland Park's able to hold on to this game. I think Highland Park wins 17-14, to um, just being able to capitalize on the road and being able to take advantage of some things. I think uh, um, Highland Park gets his third win and uh, starts its conference play uh, strongly. All right, we got Nutrier uh, hosting – Evanston on Friday at Northfield. Joe, what do you see happening here? Uh, I, I really want the Trevs to take a big step up. I just don't think those steps have gotten to Evanston yet. They've been growing, but I don't think they've gotten to that level yet. I think Evanston takes them out. Um, I just, it's, it's mostly on the Nutria running game. I don't see it. It's not, it, it cannot be, uh, it is not consistent at any level. It can't, we can't get um, a ground game that runs the clock, that's uh, sustains drives. Uh, they have to do a lot uh, with their sophomore quarterback, and it might be asking too much in this rivalry tilt. So I'll give Evanston the win, uh, let's say something like – I think the defense holds pretty strong. I'll say, um, I'll say 20 to 14. That's interesting. I'm not very confident in the new chair defense yet, and I think Evanston is kind of – show that's able to score it's face tough teams like Barrington and um, other teams like that. So I think Evanston will win 27 to 17. I think they control um, this matchup. And I think uh, just off, just defensively, it becomes too much of a challenge for our young defense like Nutriers. All right. Uh, we've got another homecoming matchup uh, Fenwick and Loyola on Saturday. Uh, Joe, I want two predictions from you. Uh, whether what the game uh, score is and whether the starters play a full game here. <laughs> uh, the starters will not play a full game here. Um, I predict we're looking at about a, another early lead um, that, that that defense can just, you know, thrive off and, and you know, literally uh, run with. Um, so we're looking at a uh, – I'll say they pass 40 again. I'll say we'll, we go 45 to six. Yeah, I think the defense is going to look for a redeeming game. You know, giving up 21 points is not something that they're happy with, and I'm sure the coaches are letting them hear it this week during film and practice and that kind of stuff. So I'm going to go with 48 to uh, three this week. I think Fenwick has a – Fenwick is very young compared to its state championship team from last week, and um, I think they're developing still, and their quarterback is still a work in progress. So um, I think that the Loyola defense is looking for some vengeance after last week. So um, – and even from last year, like you mentioned earlier, Joe, so I think they've got an easy 48-3 to win over Fenwick on homecoming. So that's everything that we've got for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. 
Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere the podcasts are available. Check out um, older episodes as well for some good interviews and good analysis and um, looking back at how right or wrong we were. Um, you can find this podcast anywhere the podcasts are available. Subscribe, write us a nice review, and spread the word while you're at your sporting events as well. Make sure to check out my stuff at FridayNightDrive.com. Uh, We've got great content with CCL, ESCC, notebooks and football projections and rankings and all that kind of stuff. And check up at, out, as always, Joe's content at TheRecordNorthShore.org. A lot of good sports stuff, but also a lot of good community stuff as well. Make sure you subscribe to TheRecordNorthShore.org. So for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week, and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record, northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.